This podcast is made possible by Vital Smarts, the Speak Up Experts. With more than 30 years of conversation research, three New York Times best-selling authors and over three million people trained, that's Vital Smarts. If you're struggling to hold a tough conversation in the office or at home, visit vitalsmarts.com.au slash DSTM to master your speak up skills and create an environment of accountability. When all our kids had sex education at school, they said, oh, how did they do it at school with you? And I said, well, we watched number 96. I knew, I learnt about things I did not know existed on that show. Canberra, August. What was the AFL thinking when they planned that night? The fixture was crazy, except that it was great TV. National Lampoon's Vacation was the first one, but I still think National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was number two, is just the best. I am so grumpy about Ben Simmons. Just because he signed a $250 million massive contract with Philadelphia or whoever it is, doesn't give him the right to come to Melbourne and just lay a swathe for the joint. Everything that will be said about Ruffy and can be said will be said in the next few days, but I just wanted to say thank you from a Hawthorne supporter for many years of joy. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 96, yes 96 Corrie of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Caroline Wilson, the aforementioned Corrie Perkin, my dear friend, the bookseller, fresh from a very wet and windy Love Your Bookshop day. Corrie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Caro. 96 reminds me of my favourite show that I wasn't allowed to watch when I was a kid, number 96. Number 96. Who was your favourite character? Oh, Dory Evans. <laughs> no, I, You're a bit of a Dory yourself, do you we think? All, why wasn't I told? I, I was. I think all of us secretly loved and even though we were 12 at the time, thought we could convert Don Finlayson. Don Finlayson. <laughs> Don Finlayson, I know. Played by Joe Hashem. And when jo, there was another Joe Hashem who became like the world poker champion, everyone of a certain age couldn't relate to him as that man. But whenever I visit my brother in Sydney. Um, he lives around the corner from the original flats and we often walk past it on our walk. And They're reminisce. still there. They're still there. With, with Norm, Norm and, uh, what was her name, Whitaker, who ran the milk Les. Lads? Les. Oh, God. The, Norma um, and Les no, well, the interesting thing is I try and explain it to my kids. This show came onto TV when we were in Form 1. You would have been in Grade 6. and Grade 3. And they did, um, no, Corrie, Grade 6. And um, there was a gay kiss there was sex. Oh, there was Abigail nudity. taking Abigail taking her top off and showing her buzzies. And when all our when all our kids had sex education at school, I, they said, "Oh, how did they do it at your school and at school with you?" And I said, "Well, we watched number ninety six. I knew, <laughs> I I learned about things I did not know existed on that show. And in fact, when Marika Hardy asked me to do one of her letters, you know that letters series she does, and you go to a yeah. function and you read it, and the theme was a letter to how I found out. She's the guest on the latest book pod episode, actually." Well, it's a small That's a nice world. little segue. What did you I, talk about? Number 96. <clears throat> I wrote a letter to number 96 and thanked them for the lovely, gentle way it gave me a sex education via this show on Channel O, as it was once called, and became Channel 10. It sort of lost the plot when there was that bombing and nothing ever really survived. Nothing was ever the same. Do you remember Arnold Feather? Yep. I remember all the characters. Me Vera, yeah, Vera. Vera, who became an author. Yeah, Vera in and real Tom. Life. Anyway, Corrie, we digress. Sorry, we do digress. (laughs) We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, I went to an unbelievable dinner on Saturday night where I met some lovely people 
two of whom had recommended and had great success with Vital Smarts because they listened to the podcast. Yay! Which was so, so invigorating to hear. They were, they, um, First of, of all, it's invigorating to hear that people listened to Well, us. there is, Corrie, and <laughs> they did say, we can't believe some of the things you say and, you know, things about your children. Do your children mind? And I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't think they mind. Anyway, um, one of her friends had an issue at work and she said, look, I've heard about this group, um, Vital Smarts. Well, she got them in and... Bob's your uncle. Well, it, can I just say to any potential sponsors out there or anybody who's in, <clears throat> who's encouraged by that little story, join join us. Come on board. We'd love to have you. Before we and and we've we've got a few in there's a lot of things that have gripped us this week. Jeffrey Epstein, Alistair Clarkson, um why you should never go back and you and I know exactly why I want to talk about that. But we've got two things to mention. And first of all, can we just thank a wonderful listener who is sent in the Humphrey Law Socks. Exactly. Lisa G, who listens to us each week. Lisa works for a company called Humphrey Law Socks, and she spends a lot of her time in the car driving around country Victoria as a rep. And very kindly, so sweet, she's dropped in a box of socks or a bag of socks for you and I and Miss Jane. And Lisa, it's the kindest thing. This is not a cash for comment situation at all. We just wanted to say thank you very much and we can't wait to wait to try on our new Humphrey Law socks. Well, in fact, wear them to bed because it's been so bloody cold. <laughs> but and, and That's a good look. Thank very you. Very attractive. Humphrey Law. They look absolutely – and there's sporty ones, there's beautiful fashion ones, there's big warm – Wrap yourself up in your um, PJs, swap ones. But, Corrie, we, we're finally going to um, have a party and you're going to tell everyone all about it. We are. We're celebrating our 100th episode in a couple of weeks on Thursday, September 12, Caro. And, look, the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl was not available on the night. <laughs> don't, don't even joke about it because people are going to be disappointed. As it's if you'd a, be going in the middle of September, you know, a.k.a. winter still in Melbourne, it's as a you'd little, be going off to the I'm Sydney often there Meyer. finding pine cones. Um, it's a little party, isn't it's it? It's a little party. We decided to have it in the bookshop because why not? We have a lot of events there, but we can only fit 50 people. So there is a bit of a first-in-best-dress situation here. It's Thursday, September 12. We'll kick off at 6.30. Miss Jane will be there with all the recording gear, so it will actually be an official episode of the Don't Shoot the Messenger. And the shop is at 513 Malvern Road, Hawksburn, if you know where that is. And it's $30 a ticket, so that's glasses of wine and a bit of cheese and stuff like that. And if you'd like to join... I think we can run to a chicken sandwich, can't we? I'll whip some up. Oh, that's nice of with you. With my recipe that has been maybe much we talked have of a, on the show. Maybe we could have a bake-off <laughs> between you, Anna, and Jewel or something. Anyway, uh, food food to be discussed later on. And if you'd like to join us, here is the phone number of the shop, 98242990. I suspect by the time this goes to air, this episode, and we get to about Friday or Saturday, it'll probably, hopefully, be booked out. So if you hear this episode in three weeks, please don't don't bother ringing. I don't think you'll get a ticket. But there's just 50 seats, uh, so we look forward to seeing you. Just call us at the shop and we'll put your name down, take your money, and um, we'll all be tickety-boo. Caro, quite a bit of uh, feedback last week when we had our uh, dear friend Mike Sheen in. 
uh, as our Not guest. all positive. Not all positive. Um, there was a bit of positive. A lot of people do love Mike, as we do too. And he's a he is a man of many talents and skills, and he's got great views on books and films and footy and all sorts of other things like that. But he did stir the pot a bit when he talked about Sam Newman as his friend because, of course, he's doing this new podcast with Sam. Lily Reid on Instagram um, said, Sam Newman's justification for Donald Trump cheating at golf is symptomatic of his supporters. Of his supporters. Um, and Annie Shatner said, difficult to listen past Mike telling us that Sam Newman is intelligent. Which he, when and she I, said, which not I my, dispute. Which and she I said, not my, fav- not my favourite episode. Remember when he came on as a special guest of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he didn't even know this really basic American history question. <laughs> Sorry, not that I'm hanging on. Well, as the I past. said last week, I interviewed him. I did a profile of him, spoke to a lot of people who knew him when he was, you know, a kid at school. Smart. So maybe the word intelligent is not the right word, but smart yeah, I'm, he I'm was. Not, I think when footballers. Vaguely intelligent people think they're really intelligent. And as you know, many people say, Corrie, a little bit of intelligence is a dangerous thing. I'm not even going there. I think that's just really a big (laughs) generalisation. But Leanne Embry, thanks for your message. You said, I agree with Caro that to associate with Sam Newman condones him. If he is so highly intelligent, intelligent, he should realise the harm his views have on other people. I think that's probably a fair point, Leanne. Thanks for that. And, and thanks, thanks to sorry. everybody for all of their messages. And just to mention Lily Reid again, she also loved Never Look Away, thought it was her best film in some time. And yeah. the three hours went she too quickly. She did. I would, and I, so I'm really going to um, dial that one in. And I just want to say, Hayley Tibbet, thank you. Uh, great listening to you all, says Hayley. And she said, I'm ordering Rodder's Cornish Clotted Cream because we referred to that a couple of weeks ago, Caro, when we were talking about our Cornish travels. Yes. Where do you get clotted cream in Australia? So there's the tip there. Corrie, August challenge. Take me through it. Uh, I've had uh, I've had my unofficial yoga lesson with my um, trainer, Rosie. I said to her the other day, look, I'm about to do my first official yoga class as this challenge and I'm really concerned. I spend so much time looking at what everybody else does when the instructor yells out, warrior one or... <laughs> Um, mindful, you know, whatever pose or downward facing dog. So Rosie took me through a few steps and I must say it is quite uh, demanding in a way. Um, I I can't wait for it to flow. So when she says cobra and then do a downward dog, I just want to actually be able to do these things without thinking about it. So It does happen. It does happen. Trust me. Look at me. I can do it. (laughs) You feel so great at the end of it, don't you? Well, I do like the mindful breathing pose, which (laughs) And I do like child's pose. I just like hanging out. Probably they're my favourite poses at the moment. But I intend to get better and I am going to my first class at the end of this week. So really looking forward to that. What about your challenge? I get a little bit bored with the breathing parts. Um, oh, yeah. Well, look, I just went back to, to – I went back – no, but, you know, when you've really got to spend like five minutes on doing slow breaths, deep breaths, And then some people make breath. noises in classes, I noted, when I went to one a few weeks ago. Some people are going <gasps> but that, but that, but that's that's, you know, that's I all, thought they were dying. That's part of the thing. Ambulance. I, I actually did once go to a breathing meditation class, and it actually it did. You do drift. You do actually go to a different level. It can work even for people like me who are not not very. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I it, do. I feel like I breathe like. No, but that you actually go to a different transcendental sort of thing. It's quite interesting. Anyway, I digress. I got out my cookbook that you contributed to many years ago when I um, got married. Remember, I had a recipe tea. Mm. Lots of lovely recipes for you. Lots of old-fashioned things like um, Grand Marnier souffle, which I, I've never I still actually love it. I've never attempted it, but I did an old favourite, which I did for you probably many years ago and many times, which was Mum's 
famous veal recipe, which was an Italian veal recipe. It's I got think a, you've given this on the podcast, Yeah, Cara. I know. I did. So I'm not going to go through it again. But it's basically the only ingredients of veal, red wine, garlic, a little bit of olive oil and tin tomatoes. And you top the lot with um, chopped stuffed olives, the old-fashioned stuffed olives and chopped parsley. It is absolutely beautiful. It's better the next day. And I have done it on the show before. So I just did a golden oldie. I haven't had much time to cook oh, this week. You've been out and about and, and avoiding the cold weather as we all have. Well, tell me how you survived it. It was actually brutal. I don't normally mind rain, but it was really started to get me down over the weekend. Well, look, if you live in Melbourne, you know that August is the coldest month. It's the worst month. It was always when, when I used to go skiing. It was always you'd never go skiing in July. Forget that. All the best snow comes in August, and everybody knows that who lives in Melbourne. It has been a particularly cold snap, and there have been some tragic incidences. We have to remember that trees fall, and we have to remember that uh, that roads are icy. Um, you Professor know, that, that, Milner running around Princess Park, this oh, wonderful young researcher from Melbourne University. Absolutely tragic. And those and elms the, and were the, checked a month earlier and they were deemed all right. Absolutely tragic. And the family that were travelling along the Black Spur and just unexpectedly a tree falls, you just don't sort of expect it. So you have to be mindful. And even, you know, golfers, like I must say, you walk around the golf course on days like Friday and Saturday, really sort of second-guessing the trees and the weather and what's happening. But you didn't play golf because it was Love My Bookshop Day. It was Love My Bookshop Day. Which so it's not a great day for a Love Your Bookshop party. I wouldn't. Well, if, well, there I was, you know, just before the shop opened at 8.30, about to blow up my balloons and stick them outside. And the most almighty whirly wind came in, rain sideways. And I just looked at my sign thinking, I'm not even going to put the sign out. That'll blow over, let alone the poor bloody balloons. So we didn't have our balloons, Cara, but we had lots of love inside the shop. We had lolly bags for all our little bookworms. So everybody got a lolly bag who was, you know, under a certain age. And um, everybody was invited to uh, write a little note why I love my bookshop because they might earn a, a voucher in the next couple of weeks when we do the draw. And I just thought 15% off. You know what? If you're going to have love your bookshop day, why not love the customers who support you? So that was quite good because some people said, I've braved the cold. <laughs> and they did. They came and bought books. They came and bought books. Well, it was a good week for reading books. And I actually finished a book that I'm going to talk about oh, later goody, that I, I love. I can't wait to hear that. And How I did must... you survive the, well, the cold? Well, I made the best of things, Corrie. I was going to do a lot of gardening, but what I did instead was put on my raincoat and walked around and fed everything. I, I found Osmocote, I found hydrangea bluing fertiliser, I found sea salt, anything I had in the cupboard, I did on my, because I figured every time it rains, isn't it yes, a good thing to feed before good. it and, rains? And things like gardenias and everything, they all need a good feed now. Yes, so I felt pretty smug about that. I then, before I had to go and do footy for 3AW on Saturday at the MCG, I went, I found a few little spots around the Tan and Faulkner Park and all those places on the way to the G and... um collected lots of pine cones. Hey, stop telling everybody. Because it was windy. Stop you know, wind- telling the pine cone spots. I'm not giving the actual spots. But anyway. No, but we'll have 300 potties all wandering around the town. I looking- found lots of pine, pine cones. <laughs> and I ate lots of food because it was a sort of time that you just, every time, well, we went to two lovely dinners and everyone served all this lovely food. And Well, do you remember last week my good local tip was the heated Sherpa electric blanket, Caro? There was a yes. lot of that happening on the weekend. But I do, I love the excuse for not going outside. Like, oh, not going outside too cold. I mean, that's really great because you don't feel that you have to do any exercise or go to the shops or anything like that. But I do also love 
going outside, as you said, putting on your wet weather gear. There's you do. There's a sense of um, smugness or. Uh, you feel quite virtuous, I think. I walked to work on Saturday and Sunday, rugged up like a Michelin man, and f- thinking, I'm out here. Good on me. Well, or you could do <laughs> what the, your coach wind did, Corrie, my face. and take all your clothes off and go for a run around an oval in Canberra. Yes, I know. Which was an absolute masterstroke. Hey, look, can I just say, I, was, I, I got nine, t- nine on I the weekend. I Corrie. That and, was very good. And, you know, I know you think that I'm an idiot with footy tipping. but I we, don't think you're but, an idiot. But when I, and I know I always tip Hawthorne. You're the only person in Australia who tipped Hawthorne no, about from but, Tim Lane, but, and you're looking very but smart. But we, were, we were in a bit of a hurry last week doing our tipping. I did want to say that, you know, Hawthorne are such a guaranteed wet weather team and now they're a snow team but we <laughs> like we were always going to win Canberra August what were they thinking what was the AFL thinking when they planned that 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 at night the fixture was crazy except that it was great TV more than 11,000 people turned up which is a good crowd and it was it was a disaster for GWS who win normally on that ground and have made well, Canberra just, their own they just they, like they, they're a warm weather team hey well, you know well, man up but, they were made to look very silly, although we did on radio on Saturday talk about the snow and those great pictures of Clarko laughing in the snow and, you know, the long sleeve jumper band, et cetera, et cetera. And um, Lee Matthews said, excuse me, that was not snow. I have played in snow. And we someone sent in a picture of a day that Lee played in an under-14, um, I think it was a it was an age, underage national uh, state game, and the snow was about- Where um, were they? Canberra. Oh, they were in yeah. Canberra. <laughs> there was actual snow. Like, like they had their, skis on. Well, their feet were covered by snow on the ground. <laughs> so the the picture was quite extraordinary. So oh. he was sort of scoffing going, you know. But that's my team, you know. No sleeves, manning <laughs> up as they should. Um, Caro, you wanted to talk about – I was really interested when you sent this message through yesterday saying you wanted to talk about sequels that work and sequels that don't, and even, dare I say, prequels, because sometimes we get the movie or the book and then a few yes. years later we get the prequel. Do they work or do they not work for they you? They don't work, Corrie. And, I mean, The Godfather what? 2 will always be cited say, as the exception to the rule. I've actually written a bit of a list here of ones that I've loved because I had a feeling you were going to be definite. How disappointing is Sea Change? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, because I can't be bothered because sequels never work. <laughs> Corrie, <laughs> you... Sea, sea change. Don't give anything away. Well, it began last week, so I think I can talk about what happened in the first episode. Is that fair, Jane? Yes, I'm getting the <laughs> thumbs up. Um, for a start, some of us have got it taped. It's so. no longer at Bowen Heads. They've moved to Brunswick Heads, so they've gone to where they originally planned the show to some gorgeous, glamorous place, which is lovely. The shots are lovely. What took Laura up there? Well, they're just pretending that Pearl Bay's different. Did she end up marrying that um, William McInnes? No, he's gone. She has, she's had a bad marriage. She's oh, ended up... I don't want to know any of this. The show starts in deepest, darkest Africa, and she's on a mission where she's volunteering and she's making a complete hash of it and about to get the sack. And that happens in the first five minutes, so I'm not giving anything away. Um, she comes back to the new and unrecognisable Pearl Bay. Bob Jelly is still in it. He's in jail. His <laughs> wife, played by Kerry Armstrong, Heather, has left him. The, Kevin, is Kerry in it? Yep. Kevin is. Um, she looks good. Sigrid, look. It, okay, don't. It this. just doesn't work. It is silly. It, it's almost cartoonish, and it's it's lost. What about it's, her kids? They'd almost be having grandchildren. Well, there's only there's only one in the show, and she is sort of one of the main characters, and she's very she's actually a very impressive young actress. But um, 
look, it's just it's a bit silly. So the Kevin Harrington character, you know, he used yes. to sit at the end of the show with his yes. son. He now sits with another local. There's a few council issues, but it's look, they should never have gone back. And I was thinking, Is you know, Andrew Knight writing it and Deb Cox. Uh, Deb Cox has been involved, I think, but I'm not sure about Andrew Knight. I think Deb Cox is. Oh, no. And it's commercial TV. It goes to ads. It's so annoying. Brendan and I watched one episode. We said, no, we'll be leaving Pearl Bay back in the deep, deep distance. Yeah, in the memory, memory bank. Caro, great sequels. I watched it the other night. I, I, I bored you senseless about this. Paddington 2. Oh, yeah. No, that was... Yeah. Better than Paddington 1. Yep. Fair enough. Um, and that's not having another crack yet, another crack at Nicole Kidman, who was the bad guy in Paddington 1. Hugh Grant in Paddington 2 is hilarious. Now, National Lampoon with Chevy Chase to go back. National Lampoon's Vacation was the first one, but I still think National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was number two, is just the best. Godfather Part 2 you mentioned. Now, Harry Potter. Harry Potter got better and better with every film. And particularly when it came to um, the Prisoner of Azkaban, I thought that was just that. I think that was number three. That was the best sequels, and that haven't worked for me. Master Chef and Junior Master Chef. Can I can I just um, digress? The Harry Potter was a series of books, so it wasn't like they they thought thought this was such a great success. We're going to do another one. Like no, they that's knew true. when they that's started true. the series. But no, I bet I bet though, if the number one film had been a flop, they would never have gone to number two. I mean, why would you? It was never going to be a flop. Well, we can't say that. All the Wolverines that followed the first Wolverine, I know I don't look like a Wolverine fan. Trust me, I am. They were all just duds after that. The first Wolverine was the best. Rocky 2, 3, 4 and 5. Indeed, why would you have Rocky 1 could be the question. But no Rockies worked after that. Oh, no, I disagree with that. One prequel that did work I disagree. With Rocky 2 was really good and there was some other really good. No, I disagree about no. Rocky. All the Outlanders after the first series, yeah. you know, like – yeah, well, she I, going back in time, like really. You, you told me to watch that, and I came in on about series three, and I had no idea what was going on. I should have just watched one. What about Killing Eve? I mean, that was the most brilliant premise. It was one series. Leave Guys, it alone. Leave it at one. It should never. Like th- Happy Days. Joni oh. loves Chachi. Oh yes. What the well, that, hell was that? No, well, that's a spin-off. That's a that's that's a spin-off. That's a completely and different. Do you remember thing. when we went and saw Blair Witch and we loved it? Yeah, and we got motion sickness. Well, yep. apparently they made Blair Witch too. Did you know that Book of Shadows? No. Apparently it was a dud. Anyway, no wonder we didn't. Did see you it. read Death Comes to Pemberley, which was sort yes. of a, a yeah? I didn't mind that. To, yes, but it was a bit, yes. It, it wasn't was the same. It was a bit silly. I really. kept seeing Colin Firth. We only enjoyed it. We only enjoyed it because we knew the original story. <laughs> so, I kept seeing Colin Firth trying to solve the murder mystery. <laughs> um, one once one prequel that worked for me actually uh, not nearly as good as the first. It was To Kill a Mockingbird, and then you know, three years ago they found the unpublished manuscript Go Set a Watchman. Which that was, was I really loved that book. There is some dispute over whether she Harperley actually wrote that though, isn't there? Well, look, that's a conspiracy theory. No. <laughs> There's been a lot of that with Jeffrey Epstein this weekend. <laughs> if I hear one more the Clintons now apparently have knocked him off. Well only according to silly Donald I and still that think ridiculous it's the Russians. comedian. The Russians have done it for Donald so that come twenty twenty no, the think, election. You know what they say, Corey? Cock up conspiracy. Blame cock up every single time. Oh, mm-hmm. completely. They should have have had him on suicide watch. Now we're we're ripping through the show today because we've got a lot of things to talk about with BSF, and we've also got a lot of interesting questions. So you tell me your crush of the week. 
My crush of the week are the girls at the Outer Sanctum. Now, I know I've had a, I've, I've Corrie, mentioned them before. We love these girls, but you're always having a crush on them. I know. The stalking I them. Maybe, maybe I want to be on their show. Maybe I do. I don't know. Look, the Outer Sanctum girls, as we know, they really rocketed to fame, Cara, when they were the ones who, who actually shone the light on your ice challenge, challenge issue back in, was it 2016? Um, we love the Outer Sanctum. So it's a group of women, uh, Emma Race, Kate Sear, Nicole Hayes, Alicia sometimes, Lucy Race, Felicity Race, and they sit around and they basically talk about footy, but they do so much more. And I just want to commend to everybody this current episode that is up at the moment. I'm sorry, I don't know the number of it. They start off by saying farewell to AFLX. Just two years old. (laughs) Child of Gillen. You know, it was really funny. And also the other thing. As Matthew Lloyd said the other night, it was putrid. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing the girls have got going at the moment, the big question that's been preoccupying them for the last few weeks is whether you whether you have a preferred burner on your stovetop whether you, there's one that you defer to like there front is. back so what's yours the what front the front fr- the front right jane what's yours front right <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. a smaller one. I always okay, want so to my, go to the bigger one or the one at the back. But no, my, no my, mine is the front back, and I'll tell you why. Because when my kids were toddlers and I had everything cooking and handles out and all of that, my mother came over one night sitting at the kitchen bench with a glass of wine as I was cooking, and she said, she said, I'll give you one thing, Corrie. I'll give you, I'll give you one thing, Corrie. You make a nice home. Oh, will we ever forget, Mary Clark? Where are you? Um, she said. Move those handles in. Those children are going to tip that hot water on them. And do you know what? I looked at the stove. Both handles of the front were out. Both had hot water pasta things, you know, burning up. The kids could have easily. And now I see Harriet with Checker, and she and I think Checker's preferred tops would also be the front, like you and Jane. And the handles are out. I scream in horror. Imagine a toddler just pulling that on top of themselves. Hot water. I actually feel sick thinking about it. So my preferred has always been the back right. It's an hilarious thing these girls are doing. Anyway, I'm off topic. I wanted to congratulate the girls this week. They tackled the issue of diversity in such a fine, intelligent way. One of their guests was Richmond Footy Club's diversity and inclusion officer, Rana Hussain, who I'm sure you know really well. Why? No, I don't. I know I know the work. Oh, she's so, she's so yeah. impressive. She talked about a recent work trip, Carol, to New York and her observations of New York's massive migrant population. And Rana said on a personal level how comfortable she felt in New York in a way that she has never felt here in Melbourne or Australia. And it just came down to the amount of diversity. Nobody really looked at her, her colour or her look. Isn't that incredible? I felt so sad. And then the girls had on guests Stan Grant and Nova Paris. And Nova in particular, her story, she said, I've been a victim of racial abuse many times. Uh, and that particularly when she was in Parliament, a Member of Parliament. And she said that what she saw after Adam Goods became Australian of the Year and he started out on, you know, his public advocacy journey, what I saw unfold was white Australia saying, we didn't give you that platform to talk about your history. We gave you that platform to talk about sport. I, and I just, she was so powerful and indeed so was Stan as well. So hurrah, hurrah to those girls and I think everybody should have a listen to that particular episode and jump on board with our sisters at The Outer Sanctum. They're my crush. Well, that's a very good crush, Corrie. Um, but 
And if you keep talking about them, they will ask you to come on their show. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll get them to come on our show. I love them. Now we're going to go straight to BSF, that is Books, Screen and Food. It's thanks to our sponsor, Vital Smarts, who I mentioned earlier. Feeling bullied or harassed by other people, but lacking the ability to confront the situation safely? Developing your crucial conversation skills will give you the tools to talk when the stakes are high, giving you the confidence to speak up even in the toughest situation. Learn how Vital Smarts has helped organisations shift not only behaviours but change their cultures, improving performances and just basically fixing any problems you have in the workplace. Visit vitalsmarts.com.au forward slash DSTM. That stands for Don't Shoot the Messenger. It does indeed, Caro. I have read the most fabulous book and so have you, but I'm pushing in because I wanted to talk about it last week. Yeah, that's okay. I want to talk about my book next week. And I know you've got plenty of these in your shop. I'm happy to see. It's Kate Atkinson's latest novel, Big Sky. It is, look, it took me a while to get into it because so many characters are introduced at the beginning. We know this is our, she is one of my favourite authors of the last 20 years. We started her in our book club with her first ever novel, Behind the Scenes, Scenes at the, the Museum. museum. Um, Human Croquet. She, she then did a wonderful sort of series based around World War Two, Life After Life, one of the best novels I've read in the last 20 years, um, A Gone in Ruins, and then, of course, Transcription, which we talked about earlier this year. But this is the latest in her Jackson Brody series. Her, he's, a, he's your hard-bitten... Um, flawed detective, classic, flawed hero. <laughs> yeah, classic flawed detective, no, no longer a detective, incidentally. A lot of has happened in Jackson's life. He's relocated to a quiet seaside village in North Yorkshire. This is a story about sex trafficking and quite sort of timely at the moment, particularly reading all about Jeffrey Epstein. But it is some of the most wonderful characters are crafted in this book, including the most wonderful drag queen, um, a 14, 13, 14-year-old 14 boy, two in fact, one of whom is Jackson's son. It's just a great, it's a great cracking read. Carol, I haven't had a chance to read this yet, but do you have to have read all of the other Jackson Brodies to fill in the profile? No, you So don't. you can do a standalone. There is a, a character is reintroduced who is a major character in one of the earlier ones. There was Started Early, Took My Dog, dog. dog. Will There Ever Be Good News? I've actually only read two of them. It did become briefly a TV series. But um, look, it's no, you don't need to have read it. You absolutely don't need to have read it. Good to know. She has a way, I just want to one quickly say on Kate Atkinson, she has a way of invoking coincidences of the sort of Charles Dickens mode, but somehow in a dreamy sequence kind of way. I, I can't explain how she does it. but or, There's something mystical about yes, her writing, isn't there? She's just Which a, is always interesting because you don't like that sort of stuff usually. Oh, Corrie, I know, just, just because I didn't like The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. I really, really I'm love this book. holding it against you. Now, we've, we've talked about Screen already. Well, I just wanted to say just quickly on Screen, last night before your footy show came on, I watched uh, – as I do each week, Four Corners. And Philip Williams, who's the ABC's foreign correspondent based in Europe, who is just brilliant, I reckon. Like, what a stellar career he's had over 30 years. He did a profile on Boris Johnson. Caro, anybody who is vaguely interested in what's happening in England at the moment, Brexit, the whole thing, and particularly Boris as an identity, really try and, I don't know what you do, do you go on to um, whatever it is you go on to when you try and see an ABC show that's screened? What's it, what do you do? I don't know. You go to Iview. Iview. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
Well, Jim, to the twenty first. I was century, thinking about Jeremy Corbyn because he's arcing up again now. He's trying to plan a no so confidence many, motion. Yeah, and so many of the Brits don't like Jeremy Corbyn. It's a really divided country. I think poor it's Queen, work. poor Queen. I mean, does she really need this in her ninety fourth year? Anyway, just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's that is the least of can, her worries. Can everybody please have a look at Four Corners that was screened on Monday night? Boris Johnson profile really worth really worth having a look at. Now you have a recipe. I do, and this is invoked by the memory of Jeremy Strode. Jeremy Strode, one of Australia's best-known chefs, started, I think, washing dishes in England when he was about 14, started POM here in Melbourne in the 80s, and then he moved to, um, sorry, in the, in the early 90s. He then started after, or he was at Langdon's, he was originally the head chef at the George Hotel, worked with Don Levy, all these big names. He then went to Sydney and started Bistrode. Um, Jeremy took his own life in 2017 and his son, Max, Max Dowser, is a very good friend of my son, Ned. And Max has been obviously, obviously profoundly affected by what happened with his dad. And he and some young friends have started um, this table talk sort of series as part of Are You OK? Because remember, Jeremy Strode was a big proponent of Are You OK? Which is basically just checking in on people to to see if, if they're OK. Poor dear Max was overseas at the time his father took his own life. He has two younger brothers living with Jeremy's second wife in Sydney. And it was a, look, it was a, just a really, really tragic time for him. And he will always wrongly, in my view, have regrets about, you know, not really being there for his dad. Who He speaks at this dinner, which he held the other night that I went to, about um, about living with someone who is bipolar. Anyway, look, it was, it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful night put on by friends at the beach. And a fundraiser? Well, yeah. Or an awareness raiser? Yeah, yeah, awareness and fundraiser. But how they did it for the money we paid, I do not know. It was absolutely beautiful. It was eight courses. Was it the at most... someone's home or was yeah. it at – yeah. It was. Our friends Trish and Mark, and Trish is a great friend of the podcast, and there were about – oh, I think there were about 16 people, and they basically served with matching wines, eight courses of the most beautiful food before Max got up and spoke absolutely beautifully – about his dad and about this cause. But one of the recipes, Corrie, and it was incredible. What a, what a lovely thing to do, Caro. It was. What a lovely way to honour Jeremy, but also for it Max was. too to be going on with this important work. And he had this wonderful sous chef. I his, think I have, te- I have tears. Well, there are a lot of tears on the so, night, I tell I you. Um, my son Ned and his partner Zoe and Max's partner Tash all were wonderful. There were several waiters and waitresses all helping. And who cooked? T- well, Max did. Oh, and, and really? Tim Bate, his young friend, was the sous chef, and there was there was so there was so much beautiful food. This marbled um, piece of red meat beef at the end of the night was just incredible. But it was all very light, and there was beautiful there was beautiful seafood dishes. There was an incredible octopus. I think it was octopus dish. But he did this charred cabbage with miso butter. Now, don't you know? Roll your eyes and think, oh, that all sounds a bit. It was so simple and so beautiful, and you would have it with something else, but he served it as one course with a lovely wine. You basically peel away the outer cabbage leaves. He sent me this recipe, so thank you, Max. So it's basically being held together, you know, the bit that you've got left by the tight leaves. Cut it into quarters or sixths, depending on your side, 
and make sure you cut across the line of the leaf so the cabbage doesn't split open. You blanch it in boiling water for five minutes until it's soft. Then you transfer it to cold water, which presents it, uh, prevents it overcooking. You squeeze the water out. There will be water trapped inside the cabbage leaves. That's okay. It will steam through later. You then put it in a bowl and just season it with olive oil, salt and pepper. Max uses a mushroom salt by blending dried shiitakes with salt. I mean, Max, please. I tell you what, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, has it, with Max's culinary skills? Max is a lawyer. I mean, how does he do this? it's joyful. I do not know. Then you sit it in the oil for about 15 minutes so it penetrates. Then you heat, and they were outside barbecuing this on this miserable Saturday night, Corrie. And you basically, with the miso butter, you just do two tablespoons of miso with one tablespoon hot water, small bowl. You mix the miso in the water until it's a smooth paste. You add a tablespoon of oil or butter to the miso. If you're adding butter to the mix, make sure the butter is in there while warm so it remains runny. So you grill the cabbage for about three to five minutes on each side. It should be really hot, the grill it is, to allow Mm. the cabbage to blacken and crisp. And then you turn it when it's done, do all sides... And then you um, basically brush it with the miso butter all the time you're cooking it. It is absolutely it sounds, beautiful. It sounds gorgeous. That sounds a really beautiful and healthy thing to do. So, sorry, a bit of a rave there, but it really was an impressive event. We will have that recipe up on our show notes. That uh, is BSF, Corrie. It is, Caro. And, and who's it for, Corrie? Thanks, Vital Smarts. Globally proven crucial conversations hold tough conversations well. And, Caro, once again, so glad that one of our potties said to you that they'd actually bought Vital Smarts on board. I think they'd do a great job. It's all peace and harmony at the bookshop. We don't actually need them, but if you had a business, you'd be calling no, them in. We've all had our issues over the journey, Corrie. <laughs> Maybe know. don't shoot the messenger can get if you and I have a have You've a had issues at the bookshop. I've had issues at the age. We've had issues I've had issues at Footy Classified, I can tell you. Now you're now, grumpy. I am so grumpy about Ben Simmons. Just because he signed a two hundred and fifty million dollar massive, you know, contract with Philadelphia or who whoever it is, doesn't give him the right to come to Melbourne and just lay a swathe through the joint, calling Crown bounces. He certainly made made his homecoming well known, didn't he? Why? What I don't understand is why he would need, why he took the money from Visit Victoria, fifty grand, to just be a sort of social media presence in Melbourne. I think he's a Collingwood supporter. Oh, I don't know who he barracks for, but he tossed a coin at another footy game. He went down to Richmond and did some kick to kick. He um. Oh, at some point, was that in Sydney or Melbourne? He went to some um, clinic and charged kids over $200 a head to basically watch him bounce a few balls and take a few selfies. He went to Crown and was asked for ID, apparently didn't show it, and then accused people at Crown of being racist. Now, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, in fact, someone asked me, and this was, a, I thought, a ridiculous conspiracy theory. He has put money into the Adam Goods movie, the one, The Australian Dream. Who's he? Ben Simmons. Oh, yes. And maybe he was trying to get publicity for Melbourne and Australia being a racist country. I said, no, no, it would have been a cock-up. He would have been just overreacting. He should have shown his ID. I mean, he walked into Crown. Look, I wouldn't have recognised him. I would have asked him for his ID. And then he rules went in. Rules are rules, Caro, but then he as went we in, talked about last but week. But then he went in anyway just through another door. He behaved like an absolute pillock, and I don't know why he would have needed that money with all that mother money. But worst of all, Corrie, he said he was going to be a boomer, and now he's reneged because he doesn't want to jeopardise his contract in America. Go back to America. He makes me very grumpy. Go back grumpy. from whence you came, Ben. Well, I mean, he's he's come back to sort of – 
just sort of show off, I think. But <laughs> why we why visit Victoria Gate? Let's stir you up. Grand? Six quick questions, Caro. Mine to you. Uh, well, you'll know where I stand on this, but could the Hawthorne Football Club have done a better job in its handling of Jared Roughhead's farewell? Oh, I think they've done a. It's it's fantastic what they've done this oh, week. This week, well. It would have been nice to give fans like me who actually uh, can't go to the game a bit of notice that they were going to do it. Oh, no. If you'd been following the story, you would have known that this was going to be the game. Oh, but two weeks ago they were saying, will Clarko actually give him a run with the seniors? Yeah, no, I I think that, um, well, two weeks ago um, your captain, Ben Stratton, said he was going to, if they were going to go to the coaches, the leadership group, and say we want Ruffy to have a farewell game. I think it's probably partly a financial decision because playing the Gold Coast in twilight at Marvel Stadium is not a game, Corrie, that you would normally go to. But you've been given – well, really, it was sort of nine, two weeks ago. it was probably a game all year. Isn't that shocking? It will, so why can't you go this go on twilight on the weekend? Uh, because I've got – I have commitments. I didn't know that Ruffy was going to be – you know, it was going to be his last game and I oh, can't get out of it. Well, look, I think it was probably always going to be his last game because they were playing in Canberra this week and interstate again the following week. Anyway – I think it's fantastic he's getting a farewell game. I wonder when he wore that long sleeve jumper playing for Box Hill on the weekend whether it was a maybe a slight finger to Clarko in mm, his long sleeve jumper band. I think, so. I think but, um, subtle. Look, he, Hawthorne made a decision earlier in the year anyway, that he wasn't part of the a, future. A wonderful ambassador of the game, a brilliant like what? A, look, everything that will be said about Ruffy and can be said will be said in the next few days. But I just wanted to say thank you from as from a Hawthorne supporter of the many years of joy. And Four premierships, oh, beaten cancer, um, early draft pick. Came back came to be captain and, of the club. Yeah, I, I don't. I think the farewell game will be the least of his worries, to be honest. Anyway, um, well now, done, Corrie, Re, this, I feel like this is a Dorothy Dixer. Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine book club worth following. No. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it is a Dorothy Dixer. Of course it's worth following. If you don't follow on Instagram My Bookshop by CP where we do give really good re- book recommendations and you wanted a good Instagram account to follow, particularly if you've got a book club who has a bit of trouble finding good books to read, may I suggest Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine Book Club. That's the name of it. And you can either do it as a hashtag or actually follow it. And I have to say, remember when Oprah started hers, Caro, every book that Oprah came up with was just an absolute winner. And, of course, the authors then subsequently laughed all the way to the bank because you'd sell millions of sales and go through the roof if Oprah said yes. The same thing is happening with Reese Witherspoon. And there is a lot of American literature on – granted, I'll give you that – but that's interesting too because without Reese Witherspoon, for example, we would not know about Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Without her, there are so many books like When We Left Cuba by Chanel Cleeton. Honestly, I have to say that every book that has been on her Instagram account in the last few months in her book club have been absolute winners. We've bought them into the shop. People have read them and come back and said, what a great book. So just saying, hello, Sunshine Book Club. Well done, Reese. But hello, no end to her talents. Well, the production company is another great example of Wowza. a sequel that should never have happened. Though. <laughs> Big Little Lies, even though it's got a creepy Meryl Streep playing um, Nicole Kidman's mother-in-law. Seriously, leave well alone. They should guys. have left it at number one. Caro Fleetwood Mac concert, yes or no? No. Speaking of sequels, reruns, and well, Ghosts I, of Christmas Past. I just Stevie th- Nicks. She looks like a ghost. I don't think. Oh, that's a shocking I once thing went, to say. In 1981, I once went to a uni ball. Dresses your hero. I went to Stevie Nicks. What amazes me? People actually me, said I look quite like her. 
No, you, yep. you look like a young Jackie Weaver or a young. Oh, um, God. No, she was gorgeous when she was young. Oh, move on. Or um, who you know? Um, no, stop there. Meg Ryan. No, no, you look like Meg Ryan oh, out of no. Harry Met well, Sally. Before facelift, after facelift. No, before when Harry Met Sally. Oh, don't go there. Um, that is a great film, by the way. Um, Fleetwood Mac, ask, are you going? Oh well, no. Because I'd, it's not going to be the same band. I mean, when you don't have all the original members, I don't know why you would bother. I would refer you to the wonderful it's documentary. The wonderful Cha-ching. documentary That's about Fleetwood Mac, which was shown on the ABC a few years ago, well, and, and the stuff about their early days. Oh, Lindsay and oh, but, Christine. And, and how drugs just destroyed oh. a couple of them. I must say um, what amazes me is how our kids and how many covers Fleetwood Mac songs have at the moment. They have stood the test of time, their they song. Have. And they do Dreams. pop up a lot on um, Triple J's like in like a version. Yeah, Not, they often pop up there. Yeah, it, and whenever one comes on, that like the Dixie Chicks or whoever's doing a cover of their songs, and I sing along, my kids would always say, "Oh, is this a cover of an old song?" In other words, you would only know it <laughs> if it was old. <laughs> Early days, Corrie, but who's your one to watch of the twenty Democratic candidates jostling for the well, nomination? It, it looks in 2020? like yeah, it looks like we're down to twenty, Caro, from twenty-five. Um, uh, look, um, I would say. Just keep your eyes on Elizabeth Warren and it wouldn't surprise me if the ticket ends up being Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg as her, you know, vice presidential nominee, I reckon. Uh, look, Bernie's – there was, a, there was a, a thing on the weekend, a poll, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, Sanders are the only two Democrat candidates at the moment who are polling better than Donald Trump. And Joe's um, made a couple more gaffes, unfortunately. He has, unfortunately. Yeah. Is it age? Is well, he getting I mean, a bit adult? Getting the he's name always, of the state oh, wrong. We're one of the most it's a real shocking worry. mass Look, he's always happened. had a meandering style. We know that. You know, he's always meandered and gone on and on and, and, and painted lovely pictures, word pictures. But these recent displays of forgetfulness are a real worry. Um, Bernie, he's being painted as a socialist. Can middle America overcome that? Kamala Harris is doing really well. Now, she's 54. She's got the energy of, uh, like, go, 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 energizer bunny. She's just out there really, really making an impact. But, but you, Elizabeth you think Warren, Elizabeth Warren? Elizabeth Warren because of policy, every single policy she's dead on. Now, Carol, you know I love an anniversary. So it's, seven, it's, so it's 120 years ago this week that Alfred Hitchcock, the wonderful Hollywood director, was born. What's your favourite Hitchcock movie? Well, he was obviously a director in the UK for several years. And if you go back and watch his early movies before he went to America, they uh, there's some wonderful early movies. But Corrie... I'm choosing, out of a very strong field, the first movie he made in America for David O. Selznick. He changed the ending because he had to because of the rules at the time. Gasler. Rebecca. No. Oh, yes. So so what happened was... Um, Gosh, I forgot that he directed that, although well, I think you mentioned it when we were in Cornwall. Yeah. Well, and, and in fact, he did three Daphne du Maurier books. He did The Birds. He was furious because that was also a, set, a short story set in Cornwall. He moved it to the open paddocks of California. But I still absolutely love The Birds. And he also did Jamaica Inn. But Rebecca... What happened was, I think David O. Selznick, who it was his baby, when he saw Hitchcock's early treatment of it, he said, I intend to make Rebecca, as it was written by Daphne du Maurier. But they had to change the ending because, of course, anyone who's read Rebecca knows that a murder is revealed Mm. in the story. But in fact, in the movie, you can't, because you weren't allowed to get away with murder at the time. So 
it's not a murder, it's an accident. Exactly. Um, but that is one of the, the – the performance of Judith Anderson as Mrs Danvers, Joan Fontaine as the unnamed and the, heroine. And the light and shade too. But, you know – The way he captures the, the dark corners. The, the feminist rewriting and reinterpretation of that novel is so fascinating. I mean – Basically, Max de Winter is a bastard and a bully. You know, right back to – if you go back to the marriage proposal, you know, I asked you to marry me, you little fool. Anyway, um, my, my for my 14th or whatever, 13th birthday, mum and dad organised a 16-millimetre screen. Go on, yeah. And we had the four – they came in four reels – the whole the whole thing broke down <laughs> before the final reel. So we had hot chocolate and marshmallows and popcorn. We made it like a movie theatre in our sitting room at home. But no one got to see the ending. We didn't get to see the end. <laughs> it was a debacle. She sounds like a great party. Rebecca. And I'd, one I'd recommend, not that well-known, brilliant film. It was a propaganda film, according to Joseph Goebbels, and it was propaganda he made for America. It's called Foreign Correspondent about an American journo who goes over to find out what's really going on in Europe in 1940. Watch okay, it. so that's 27 quick questions. Oh, but come on, it's <laughs> worth raving about, Rebecca. Now, and Vertigo is a great one too. Corrie, what is your go- good local tip for the week? If you have little children and the cold weather continues in Melbourne or anywhere really, Canberra, wherever you might be, take them out to see the snow. So on the weekend... My two little grandchildren went to Mount Buninyong and they frolicked in the snow for a couple of hours. They didn't have to drive very far. It is fortunate they live in Ballarat. But if you're in Melbourne, you could go to Trentham or if you're in the eastern suburbs, you could go up to, you know, somewhere around the Hillsville Ranges. There's been snow everywhere. Just have a look and see where the snow's falling. I asked Checker, Francesca, what were the tips about taking? They had a fantastic morning, just for an hour, very quick. And she said the do's would be pack two or even three pairs of clothes. Good tip. And she said take a toboggan. Well, not everybody has a toboggan, but anyway, I suppose that's not a bad idea. But seeing this vision come through on the family WhatsApp on the weekend, I thought, yeah, that's it. You don't have to go to Mount Buller and spend a fortune. How old were you when you first saw snow? Probably about eight or nine. I think we went to Lake Mountain, which is where everybody goes. But it was just so nice. They followed the weather report. I was in my twenties. I was overseas. We just never went to the snow as kids. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You either were a snow family or not. But anyway, uh, my point is that you don't have to have lots of money. You don't have to be, you know, a ski bunny. You don't have to have all the latest stuff. Hats and Willow just had their regular parkas on, but the joy. So, the good thing about the cold weather. That's it. Um, Caro, what a lovely little episode today. It was, it was, Corrie, and just reminding you all that we'd love to see as many of you, of you as, no, only as 50. possible <laughs> only 50. at our little mini, it's called, as my mother would say, is it a get-together or a gathering or a party? <laughs> um, it's a get-together. Um, please tell your friends and family to subscribe to our podcast. Please send your feedback, comments, tips and suggestions to the Don't Shoot the Messenger Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Don't Shoot Pod, and you can email us. And that is feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. Carol, I just wanted to say also that if September 12 is the day of our little party. And if people miss out, and I'm sorry if you do because it's a small bookshop, we are going to have a bigger event at the end of the year and we'll try and fit as many potties as we can in then. So we just want to say keep your diaries clear and we'll give you a date about that soon. And thank you to our sponsor, Vital Smarts. And Corrie, what do we say? Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger.